You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we get to the calls in a second. Herm Edwards was scheduled to join us today, but he has been reassigned, so he will not join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll try to reschedule him sometime before the Super Bowl. Uh, Rich Samini will join me at 4 o'clock instead, and he's got an interesting article on .com about Rex Hogan, the uh, assistant gen- former assistant general manager of the Jets, and his firing or agreeing mutually agreeing to disappear <laughs> uh, and we'll see what that means is you know some interesting thoughts about that and I've seen some things on you know that make me wonder if there are some other changes coming so we'll talk to Rich Samini at four o'clock right now we continue with you on the phones talking Knicks 1-800-919-3776 let's go to Merv in Queens Merv you're next on 98.7 Larry what's up my boy thank you for taking my phone call Hey, Mer. I told you a few years ago about the Knicks. My ambient usage is down. I do not spit at the television anymore. Great. Shout out to Leon Rose. No desperate moves. All good players on the good contracts. Outside of the Thunder, the Knicks arrow is pointing up. I got to tell you something. It's the fourth year of a rebuild. We are competitive. We are in striking distance. And I wouldn't mind seeing Grimes off the team for now. For a Clarkson, Brogdon, or the kid Bruce Brown, who I think is a scrappy dog like the rest of the Knicks. Thank you, Larry. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Hi, Merv. Thanks Thanks for checking in. Those are the names that you're hearing. Uh, you know, Brogdon, uh, obviously, uh, as you mentioned, Bruce Brown, and uh, the kid from Utah. So those are the names. So, Clarkson. So those are, I guess... Now, i got to be honest with you, folks. Clarkson here, when he played Utah, did not really open my eye. You know, see, see what Bruce Brown did, he talked like, I'm a Tibbs guy. He wants to be on this Nick team. All right? I But he's with Toronto. I don't know that Toronto is going to make another deal with the Knicks. Okay? I, I don't know. I don't know. Seeing how well OG has, has done here, um, <clears throat> I think he is the best one. I think he's the one for me because he would help you on both sides of the ball, more so defensively than offensively, but he can give you some offense. And Brooklyn Net fans know what he was able to do with them for a couple of seasons. So I like him first. Brogdon is is really the guy that has been rumored to be coming here forever, ever in a day. Wherever he was, he was supposed to be coming here. Now he's in Portland. When he was in Indiana, he was supposed to be coming here. But now he's in Portland. That's a rumor that he could be coming here. Uh, Grimes is an interesting scenario because I know that teams have been inquiring about Quentin Grimes because there's numerous reports. Ian Begley mentioned it. SNY's great uh, NBA insider mentioned it on these airwaves a couple of weeks ago with me. Alan Hahn has talked about it with Barton Hahn. And, you know, um, Monday through Fridays from noon to three. Bobby Marks was a guest on their show, our ESPN NBA front office insider. He's talked about it. So it's clear that Brogdon has been a person that that the Knicks love. So they do need to get some points and scoring and ball handling relief for Jalen Brunson. Because the minutes with the injury started with the injuries to Randall and Anobi, you know, the minutes are starting to pile up for him and he he's just been tremendous. He's been unbelievable in, uh, you know, his performances. I mean, he he hasn't missed a beat, even with the struggles last night, and the ball taking the ball out of his hands. 
he was still phenomenal. So they do have to make some adjustments. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Trade deadline is this week. Uh, George is in Union. George, you're next on 98.7. Big brother Larry, always an honor to speak with you, my friend. It's been a while. Uh, and it, my reason for calling is, is exactly the question. Where do we move forward, right? If we look at the game last night, again, blipping the radar, I, I do agree with, with your assessment as well as the coach's assessment. They got the ball out of Jalen's um, hands, but no other players were making shots, and we had some great shots. But long-term, Larry, all of the usual suspects, which you just described, outside of that, what is your opinion? What, who else is out there in the league that can give us that offensive boost? Um, long, a couple of years back, I believe Jeremy Grant, one mm. of the younger Grant, that was a name that had surfaced multiple times about being a good fit for the Knicks. But if we look at the second unit, Larry, we do need that offensive punch. Last night, for example, I think it was in the first half. We had on the court McBride, um, Flynn, that, that, that other guard from, from Toronto, if you will, mm -hmm. Precious, right. Sims, and Hart. My question, I was at the Garden last night. Where's the offense? Where's the offense? <laughs> to their yeah. credit, they'll hold the line as much as they could, right? Mm -hmm. But we didn't catch the lead. But where do you think we could get that offensive punch from? George, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. Look, um, there's two separate questions here for me, George. One is long-term this season, and one is short-term. I mean, one is short-term this season, one is long-term. Short-term would be probably one of the guards that you're hearing that I just talked about, uh, all right? Uh, Clarkson, Brogdon, or Bruce Brown. It's probably going to be one of those. That's what I would think. Long-term, the Knicks have to make a decision, and I think a lot of that is going to depend on how far this team goes, A, and B, what happens to other teams. Will there be a team that you are expecting that expects to go deep into the postseason, East or West Conference, Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Is there a team that expects to go deep and they don't? Hypothetically, hypothetically, uh, they make the change in Milwaukee. Okay, and they make they make the coaching change and they still go get out in the first round, get out early is uh, one of the big three. there ready to move on. I'm not going to talk Giannis, but let's say, you know, there's one of the big three. there ready to move on. And they say, I want out of here. That's an option. Uh, what happens with, uh, you know, out west, somebody, one of the big three on another team moves on. And, you know, we, we get ousted early. It's not what we want. And they leave. They want out. That, that would be the question. Who is going to be available? I don't think there's anybody available for me right now that I'm looking at because I really want to see how far this team can go. Jeremy Grant has been a name that has popped up a lot recently in Portland. I think part of that is because of the Brogdon rumors about him coming to the Knicks. I think there's some fans who would like to see if there's a way to make a package deal here where we could get both of them in exchange for, you know, a bunch of draft choices and Fournier and other th and other personnel. But for me, I'm not bringing Jeremy Grant here with his salary to bring him off the bench. Okay? That's that's not that's not what I'm looking for. And I don't know that he I mean he's a he's a good defensive player. Years ago I wanted him when they didn't have a 3. Okay, we're looking at one or three or four. We, we want that person. Then years ago, that's who I wanted. Right now, I just don't get the feeling, and really the way Julius Randle has played this year, 
I don't get the feeling that the Knicks are ready, the front office is ready to move on from him. And I, right now, as I mentioned, the way he's played, I'm not ready to move on from him. Do I understand that he it drives you crazy with turning the basketball over on occasion? Yes, I get it. I understand it. I, I know. But give him credit for making the adjustment to his game. Not just hoisting up threes, but making the making the effort to get into the painted area, to be able to to be that power, use that strength, use that position to his game, to save the wear and tear from jumping, you know, that you the effort that you have to put the further distance you are from shooting to be in the basket, in in the painted area and doing that and getting to the free throw line and hitting free throws. So before he was injured, he was playing more efficient. I get it. He's not going to be the perfect player. I get it. He drives you crazy. But the bottom line here is this season, he has made an effort to make an adjustment. And yes, he's scoring. He's giving you one less rebound than he gave you last year. I think last year he averaged 25 and 10. I think this year he's what, 24 and 9. But there's a presence that he gives you in the paint that without him, you just simply don't have. And Jeremy Grant does not give you that presence in the paint. He's more of a perimeter player. Okay, he can flash in there from time to time, but he's not that he's not that uh that, that physical guy in there that you can go in there and he's gonna turn and and get the basket and the foul. So that's what so I'm ready to wait and see how far this Nick team goes before I then sit and evaluate um you know, where they should do. And I need to see who's available. Okay? You tell me, if you tell me X player's available, I'll tell you, yeah, I might want him. And that, and once again, the conversation about LeBron James. All right, well, you know, this is a team that LeBron James could be with. The conversation about LeBron James. Don't get me wrong. LeBron James is a phenomenal player. He is, he is one of the greatest to ever touch a basketball, ever. But... Do I want, and from a physical specimen, he's tremendous in, in shape. He's tremendous. That to me, and it's not his fault, but it's mine. The aging superstar coming to the Knicks is a narrative that I have seen over and over and over and over again. And even LeBron James, I'm not ready to see that narrative again. Now, once again, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he has an interest in coming. But the conversation has come up. I think this Nick front office is a team that wants to build long-term for sustainable success. And bringing LeBron here at 40, how great a shape he is in, how great a talent he would be, what expertise he would bring to the garden, how the players would learn from him and his championships. I'm just not sure if that's where I want to go right now. Once again, because of previous Nick history of older superstars who are about to retire or a couple of years away from retiring. I'm just, I'm just not ready to do that. I'm not ready to see that again. And granted, of all those superstars we could talk about, he would be the best in that category because his numbers are not declining. <laughs> he's not declining. The, the amount of games he's missing is creeping up per season, 
but he is still as as he's still great. He still gives you everything you need. He still provides you with scoring. He provides you with leadership. He provides you with defense. He still produces. But for me, I just, I've seen the act before. And with my luck as a Nick fan, he would come and he would not be close to the same player. And I've seen that before. And I don't want to see that again. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The possibility and, you know, just the idea of what a player of LeBron James caliber would add to this Nick team. And and I don't deny that. I, I do not deny that. My only concern, and, and really, you know, happy that it can even be in the conversation. That people would think that the Knicks are close enough to being a really good team of having sustainable success that even in their eyesight, he would even consider, and I don't know that they've spoken with him or on that, but just the idea of it being a possibility is even there. It's, it's really been, it's been something. It's really been impressive. And it just shows how well Leon Rose and company have done in getting this team to where it is right now. Back to the phones we go. 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Brooklyn. What's up, Chris? What's up? What's up, Larry? I got to say, I just want to preface first by saying I'm a huge Julius Randle fan. I agree. He did change his game. Stopped all those pull-up threes, got in the paint, actually started to play efficiently. However, as I watch this team without him, I really wonder, is the ball movement better? These transition points are better. I feel as if we've seen Randle's ceiling. And I think, you know, I think it all comes down to the playoffs. If we see the type of breakdown we saw two years ago or even last year, I think that we can have that conversation. Are there better options? Of course, um, you know, I don't want to be pie in the sky, but I would have loved to have, you know, known about the Sabonis trade before it happened. I would have loved to see Siakam on the Knicks just because I feel like those guys can fit into the system a bit more like Randall's type of ball dominance works mm-hmm. for someone like a LeBron James, of course. Mm-hmm. But – the type of player he is, I just I, I don't know if that's going to push you past the Boston Celtics team. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point, Chris. Um, I think, and thanks for the phone call. I think what Randall's been able to do has been it, it's been excellent. Now, as far as the ball movement is concerned and the opening of the lane, that also helps him. Pushing the basketball a lot is that happens sometimes with the bench. When Josh Hart comes in, that's when they really start to push that basketball and get into transition. So a lot of that takes place for the most part. There are exceptions, obviously. But most of the time, that takes place while Julius Randle is sitting. And that's how they're taking advantage of the fact that they have matchups and they're able to push the tempo and do some things of that nature. Sometimes they do push the tempo with Randle there. But... You know, it's an interesting point that you make. You'll have to see just what, how far this team goes. You have to see what his production is uh, in the postseason before you turn around and make that adjustment long term. And so that's why I said to the earlier caller, when he asked what would be the next moves for this team, it's two sets. It's a short-term move, and it's a long-term move as to what you're going to do to move to the future. 
And this is going to be an interesting postseason to see what Randall is able to do, see what the Knicks are able to do as a team. Because once again, my concern is, and it's not a major concern, but I'm just curious, will they have enough offense when you start to put that half-court grind in and you start to see the tempo slow down as it did in the fourth quarter for them last night? Okay? Will, and normally in that scenario, not just Tibbs, even though we normally pick on him about that and criticize him for it, but, I mean, let's face it, most teams cut their bench production down. So you're going to have less people playing usually. There are a couple of teams that don't, but most teams do cut down their rotations. Will you have enough points from the seven, eight guys that you play or six, seven guys that you play? Will you have enough offense that you can be able to beat one of the better teams four times? And I don't know that yet. And I don't know if the Knicks know that yet. That's what I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, we just look at numbers. I mean, we could do the, the you know numbers and usage rate and pace and all this other stuff. I mean, we could look at all that. But once again, the numbers would be skewed because you're not playing the same caliber of team every night. Okay, there's, diff- there's teams in the league that are at different stages of talent, at different stages of being better. You know, you can't really extrapolate that over a long period of time. Especially when you're looking at, okay, this is the team we're facing four times. And everybody knows what we're going to do when we set the pick on top of the key and somebody and do the weave and all the other stuff. Somebody's going to take something away. Do you have enough point production that you can handle that? And that's what the Nick front office has to find out. And that has to be the, the decision that leads to who they pick up that they know that has to give you more help coming in off your bench. So that's what they have to figure out. Okay. Dante's in Queens. What's up, Dante? Hey, what's up? Um, Thanks for taking my call. I have two Nick points and one quick LeBron point. The quick LeBron, if you're a real Nick fan, you don't, you, you, you don't want this clown coming here. And furthermore, all of this is just leverage because he wants them to trade whoever they can trade to bring DeJounte Murray on. So it's, 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 it's just him working the media with his usual bozo antics. As far as the Knicks go, as far as trade deadline, I think Brogdon makes the most sense. He's a combo guard. He defends. So you're going to need somebody not only just to score, but also to facilitate. And my last Nick point, um, I don't know, man. OG's been really disappointing me because it's like you came in, you fit in perfectly, and then it's like you're looking soft now because it's like you're you're sitting up here milking this injury because I know when they say day-to-day or game-time decision, that's on the player whether they want to go. So the fact that a third of our offense basically in Randall is injured and then now you feel like you want to have load management or beauty rest, you're looking real soft. It's like, you know, do, do better. And, and that, that, that was it for me. All right, Dante. Thanks for the phone call. There are few exceptions over my broadcasting career where I question athletes' ability to perform because of injury. 
And I really don't like to do it because we always, we don't really know what, what really the athlete is bothered by or what they're suffering with. When you hear day to day, sometimes that's for gamesmanship. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Sometimes it is he goes out and shoot around or he goes out and practice and he's not able to perform. The elbow is still, whatever the injury is, I think it's the elbow. There's a problem with it. It's still not right. It's still not where he wants it to be or where they feel it can be. Uh, yes, you are right. The player does have a say, but the doctors also have a say. And if they believe that if he comes back too fast, then he's going to, it's going to hurt and keep him out longer. Dante, I'd rather him sit until after the all-star break and be totally ready to go. Because here's what I know. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes when he gets back until Julius Randle comes back. And I have no idea when he's coming back. Of course, as you know, we, the garden made the announcement Knicks did on Thursday, he's going to be reevaluating in two to three weeks. So by the end of the, this month, first week of March, we'll kind of have an idea of where Julius Randle is. But Ananobi's going to be logging a lot of minutes up until then. So if there's any doubt on his elbow going into the All-Star break, sit him. Sit him. I'd rather deal with, I'd rather lose him for these games going into the break than have him, than risk him coming back early before the break and coming back afterwards and re-injuring it and missing more time afterwards as I'm trying to make a playoff push. More of your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, let's talk to Dave in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. What's happening on this Sunday? Good. I love listening to your show. You, you have a great radio voice, and you talk a lot of basketball, so I really love it. I appreciate that, Dave. Sure, sure. Um, on the LeBron thing, uh, that last guy nailed it. As a Knicks fan on principle, I don't want LeBron James. And also, he has bad blood with James Dolan, if you remember. So mm. I don't really see that ever happening. But more important, I think the Knicks, um, I think it would be great if they could grab somebody like Andre Drummond. Or um, I would have really liked to see him Rozier. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I really think they need somebody somebody to spell, um, to spell Brunson. These guys are getting real banged up. And Hardenstein's got a hamstring, a sore hamstring now. So... I'm getting really worried about them, but um, uh, also my last point is uh, I don't know where's the love for Julius Randle. I mean, this guy doesn't complain. <laughs> he takes the brunt of the strongest player on the on the opposing side every time, and uh, I know he sometimes slows the game down a little, but I don't know. I, I think uh, I think he's still the co MVP with with Brunson. So those are just my thoughts. All right, Dave. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. Look, here's the bottom line, and I said it before. People get frustrated by by Julius Randle because of the turnovers, because of how he handles the ball, it's because of him slowing down the offense. I get it. I understand. But, ladies and gentlemen, there is no perfect player in the National Basketball Association. All players have flaws. All of them have something that they don't do extremely well. Some of them, maybe they don't go right. The same way they, the power move right is not as good as left. Sometimes it's defense. Sometimes they don't move to their left as well as their right. There's, everybody has a flaw. And for me, 
once again, I just think that what he's been able to do this season, making the adjustment that he has, has helped the Nick team. It's helped him. So until I can see what he does in the postseason, which has been the biggest negative for him since he's been here, the Atlanta opening series, there was no question. He was the number one guy. They frustrated him. They made, they forced him into bad decisions and turnovers. There was nobody there to stretch the floor to move the double team away from him, and it cost the Knicks a series. Last year, uh, he was coming off the ankle, so I'm not sure how healthy he was. So I have to grade him on. A, I have to grade him incomplete. This year, hopefully, he'll be back for the postseason. He will come back in time that he will be ramped up and ready to give you a 100% effort in the postseason. And then we'll be better able to judge, better able to judge him. But just judging him on what he's done in the regular season, he's been outstanding for you in the regular season. Not so much in the postseason. Maybe this year is different. We'll see. Maybe this year is different. Uh, I understand what you're saying about Rozier. Uh, he would have been a nice piece uh, to help, you know, uh, spell Jalen Brunson from all the handling and, and, and dribbling and stuff that he's got to do in setting up the Knicks offense. But he's not here. He's in Miami. So the Knicks have to find out and see who is their next person that uh, who's next on their list. Uh, let's go to Kyrie in Jersey. What's up, Kyrie? Larry, what's going on, my brother? Always good to hear from you. Same here, I, uh... Kyrie. Good to hear from you, too. I I mean, I think between you, Dante, and Dave, you all made my point as far as uh, LeBron to uh, to the Knicks, so I won't belabor it too much. I, I, for all the reasons that you guys all articulated, I definitely agree. As somebody that's a non-Knicks fan, I'll just expound upon it a little bit more by saying I've seen this so many times with the Knicks because even though I'm not a Knicks fan, I love to see when the Knicks are winning. It's great for basketball. And I remember when Amari Stoudemire was playing really well, and then when when Melo came, and it, albeit it was a great situation, they, they were improved, it was kind of like a thing where you saw uh, Stoudemire kind of go to the wayside because all mm. the attention, energy, and everything from the media, from the fans, from the attention, everybody kind of shifted. And I see that time and time again with Knicks fans, not all, but some Knicks fans, it's always like, okay, this is good, but now we need the next best thing. We need the next shiny thing to come in. I think this is the best Knicks team that I've watched in, in decades. Honestly, I think Jalen Brunson was a, a phenomenal uh, choice for, for, for point guard and floor general. And I think, although, yes, there are some improvements that can be made and should be made, but I think LeBron will be a terrible addition. And I think just as a whole, not so, I wouldn't even put it on the fans. I think the fans are pretty uh, even kill about this. I think the media really has to tamp down this pipe dream of LeBron coming because it doesn't do anything for anyone. Now, let me ask you this, Kyrie, because I remember our conversations, and I know you are a Brooklyn Nets fan. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What would Bruce Brown do for this Nick team? Now, you had him over there oh for a couple God. of years. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love that. Bruce Brown has a motor. I saw what he did last year in Denver. I, I think it doesn't show up on the stat sheets a lot, or it does, it's not a sexy conversation for the media. But somebody like Bruce Brown coming off the bench, giving you solid defense, giving you rebounds, Giving you, you know, giving you some almost lockdown defense when you need it, and a couple of buckets when you need it too. That would be a phenomenal underrated choice, just like I think Jalen Brunson was underrated, honestly. All right, Kyrie, thanks for checking in. Appreciate you, my friend. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Renee's in the storia. Renee, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey, baby, how you doing today? Good, Renee. What's up? 
Hey, I just wanted to chime in. I've been listening to you and the show and everyone, you know, putting in their um, two cents about the Knicks. I think the Knicks have been playing well. You know, they're playing, they've been gelling. They've been playing with confidence. I don't think they should overreact with any big-time trade of not really, you know, saying that there's anyone out there that can push them over the edge. I think they should save all their chips for next season for the night all-star player, but um, I've been watch. I watch. I was at the game for the Jazz, and I see that I think a nice pickup for the Knicks right now would be Sexton, because mm-hmm. I was watching him play against the Knicks, and this kid, you know, he's energetic, he's young, he's athletic, he plays D, and he'll be a nice spark plug off the bench for the Knicks, because I think that's what they need right now, someone to replace quickly um, in that role. Um and another one I was thinking of was Wizards with Jones and um, who, would be, who was with um, the Grizzlies. He would be a nice addition. Um, oh, uh-huh. so, yeah, for, for, for a point guard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I can't think of a I know who you're talking about. For the second unit. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the, the Knicks have a deep team. You know, they have Precious who's been playing well. They have Sims that, that needs to get more minutes because I like that kid. He's been... You know, he's young, big, athletic. Um, he just needs a chance. But, um, you know, Nick's on a roll, and I think that um, they shouldn't really jump the gun on anyone right now because there's no one really out there that's going to put them over the edge as far as, you know, getting those points to, to advance. In the, I agree in with the, you, Renee. Yeah, I agree with you, Renee. Thanks for the phone call. And I agree, and I think that's what they're going to do. If there's an, If there's going to be a major move, they're not going to do that during the regular season. They would do that after the season is over, and rightfully so, because, I mean, the team is – I know I talk about this a lot. I used to – there's a gentleman I used to work with years ago, former soccer guy. His name is John Milborn. And John Milborn used to always talk to me about chemistry. Larry, people don't understand chemistry. Larry, people downplay chemistry. Yes, talent is important, but chemistry – and understanding what per, and people understanding their roles and not only understanding their roles but doing their roles and being happy with their roles because the team is winning and right now the way the Knicks are playing they have a really good chemistry and I'm not ready in the middle of the season to blow that up just to bring in what what might be perceived as the superstar that would take them over the top I'm just not ready to do that yeah I let me see where this team let me see where this team goes, how far it goes in the postseason, and then I can sit back and look and say, okay, honestly, if we move this plate, put, move this piece here and that piece there and give that piece up, then maybe we could take that next move. Do I understand that Milwaukee, even though they were good last year, they got better with Damian Lillard? Yes, they did improve themselves with Damian Lillard. Do I understand that Boston went out and got Christoph Porzingis and improve themselves? Yes, I get that. But they did, both those teams did those things in the offseason, not in the middle of the season. So let me see where how far this team goes, and then we'll make a decision. Darian's in Mount Vernon. Darian, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, ladies? Thanks for having me. Um, first thing I wanted to say was uh, love Monica McNutt, huge fan. Uh, love her on the radio, uh, as well as the MSG uh, post game, but I had two things. The the first thing is to your chemistry point. I think Demar Derozan is an amazing pickup. Uh, mm. He's the type of guy that you could see that plug and play professional 
Uh, he knows where to put himself in a game. He's uh, you know, he's on an expiring contract. He's not going to cost us that much to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, especially with Levine getting hurt, it's it's tank season for Chicago. Yeah. And that's the type of guy that you don't have to steal minutes from McBride like you would with a Clarkson or a Sexton or uh, a Brogdon. You, McBride, uh, McBride can still develop and have DeMar run that second unit. So you strengthen the starting unit and you strengthen the second unit. You get a guy who will never allow a seven-minute uh, drought of scoring to occur in a game. He's just an automatic bucket when he needs one. Uh, late with two minutes, he's a guy you want the ball in his hands. Like, he's the type of guy with playoff experience that you can – he won't move the needle an immense amount. We have Brunson mm-hmm. for that. But mm-hmm. late in the game, DeMar can carry a team if Randall gets hurt in the playoffs. Brunson gets hurt. We have that guy. Um, and then my last point was, where do you rank uh, Brunson uh, among Nick's greats? Uh, you know, Mello has been here, and I, a few friends in my, in my group have already said he surpassed him. Uh, where do you stand on that? Uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, Darian, thanks for the phone call. I agree with you about DeMar DeRozan, great professional, mid-range uh, shooter, scorer, extraordinaire. Uh, would be a great would be a great addition. And it's interesting because now that Zach Levine, from what I'm reading, is done for the year, I don't know where Chicago's going to go. Either Chicago's going to say, well, you know what, let's, let's blow it up. Or they're going to say, well, you know what, we can't, let's see how far we can go. Let's ride this out. So I don't know which way they're going to go. I'm not ready to rank Jalen Brunson in the pantheon of Nick Greats yet. I'm just sitting enjoying him. I'm, I'm just enjoying him. Has he been, has he been, I will say, let me put it to you this way. I'll give you this. From the point guard and the guard position, you have to go back a long way for you to see a player that has had the this type of effect on running the Knicks offense, both from a scoring standpoint and from a point guard standpoint with the efficiency, meaning rate to assist the turnovers that Jalen Brunson has had. He's been phenomenal. I'm not ready to rate him among the greats yet. I'm not ready to do that. I'm still, I'm just enjoying him play, but I will give you that. I will give you that. When you talk about efficiency from a guard position, what he has brought to the table, you got to go a long way back, my friend, a long way. Conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN. It's in Westchester. Seven, you are next on 98.7. Yes, Larry. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Um, I just wanted to make a few comments about the Knicks. Uh I'm going... Old school, like okay. when Clyde was playing, Bill, mm-hmm. Bill, Bradley, uh, Bill Bradley, Bill Bradley, Dave DeBusher, mm-hmm. like that was a team, and I think that the concept that the Knicks have is a team. Don't disturb that, okay. and uh, I feel like if you bring a, a superstar in, you're going to disturb the team concept that they had. And that's why like, everybody's all attentive, I think, and they're all in because it's a team mm-hmm. and they're working together. So, like, seeing uh, Clyde in the audience yesterday, I was like, oh, that's a good thing. And, like, they're on to something. Win, lose, or whatever, this is a good momentum. And I, I, I just think that uh, don't disturb that by bringing in some superstar. 
Like it's a team game. That's I hear you, Seven. You think. Uh, I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. I agree to a certain extent. It, you can bring in a superstar, but it depends who it is and what role are they going to have and who did you have to get up, give up to get that said superstar. That's another important thing. Because, you know, we, we have these conversations. What, what are what people are saying about Milwaukee? Man, they're not, they don't play defense anymore. They, they were such a better defensive team. Well, you know, Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. He was in that trade, right? So, you know, that's why he was traded. So that's why you don't have that, that same intensity in the backcourt defensively. That, that, that's one of the reasons. Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Larry. How you doing? Thanks for Great. Cool. You got it. Yeah, I want to talk about LeBron, but before the Knicks, with the Knicks, with Jordan Clarkson, Get him to the top four seed for the playoffs. Jordan Clarkson in Utah. Also, Markinson. I don't know why he's on the, uh, on the trade block, and he's a real good player. It's like he's on his third team in five, six years, but he's a real good player. And Utah's got a lot of first round picks from that Minnesota trade. Knicks get one of those two guys. And with LeBron, I think he might have to play a little longer. He wants to play with his son, Bronny. He's yeah. not exactly light up for my USC Chargers. And Nicole is the real, Collier is the real. Uh, Larry picked there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have to stay another year or two in college, play two or three years. His son, Bryson, is like 17, 66 already. I think he's got more talent. Maybe LeBron's going to stick around for his younger son, too. I, I don't know how he's going to either be the team to play whoever drafts his son, or maybe the Lakers will. He never wanted to be with the Knicks or the Clippers. It was always it was always the Lakers after he left Cleveland the second time. Yeah, I agree with Anything? that. Yeah, I agree with that, Mitch. Thanks yeah. for the phone call. Um, Clarkson would be excellent. There's no question about it. I just, I just, I just don't know that the Knicks and Danny Ainge are going to be able to get on the same page to do any deals. I just don't. Now, once again, I could be wrong because I definitely was wrong. I did not expect OG Ananobi to be pried loose by Toronto to the Knicks in their same in their same conference and division with all the situations they had going on in the courtroom, but they were able to do it. So maybe he is an option. Maybe that can be done. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Tom's in Lindenhurst. What's up, Tom? Yeah, hi. A couple of things here, real quick. Thank you very much for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, what's his status? Is he going to be back Tuesday? What is this date? Is this so severe? This inflammation on the elbow? What's the problem with him? And then I want to get to the PDE that you're familiar with, the player's uh, uh, disability equivalent. I want to talk about that for a second. But uh, first of all, with OG, what's his status? I mean, is this uh, the only thing we know thing is what, what the only thing we know, Tom, is what they're telling us. And they're saying he's day to day. I don't know if the inflammation has gone down. I don't know if it's stiffening. I, I don't have any details. The only thing I would say is uh, if he was able to go, he'd be playing. So it must be it yeah. must not be where he's able to get full extension of the elbow. But I really don't know. Okay, because, you know, it's, it, we had this ugly head last night. Depending yeah. on the matchup, what's going to happen? The Knicks have been, well, I'm not saying lucking out. They've been playing hard, but yes. it's going to catch up to them. No question. And it's just ridiculous to put, they couldn't score in 645 last night. But anyway, yeah. let me get to the PDE. Now, you're familiar with that? The players, kind of. Let's try it. Kind of familiar with okay. it. So what's your question? Okay. Well, it was denied to Mitchell Robinson because I guess the league examined his situation, his ankle, right. and they decided that he can come back at the end of the season. Suppose he can't. 
Suppose the doctors, let's say it's three weeks to go in the season, and the uh, Nick doctors examine him again. They say there's no way he could come back. Can the well, league go back on what they said? And no, I don't this, think so. This I don't think so, Tom. Thanks yeah, for the but- phone call. I really don't think they can go back, and uh, it would be tough for them to bring somebody in with just three weeks left in the season. Uh, you know, but I, I really don't think they can go back. I'll do some research on it and I'll update you. But from my understanding, I don't think they can go back and, and reverse that ruling. They just really felt from numerous doctors that he would be able to come back. Now, you're right. Could he have a, a setback or he go back or, or, you know, have something happen and re-injure it in, in, in workouts or in rehab? Yeah. I mean, that could happen. Hopefully not, Tom. <laughs> Hopefully not. But, uh, yeah, that could happen. But I don't think that can be reversed. When we return, for those of you on hold, you can hang with me. We'll come back and take some more Nick calls. But at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Rich Samini. And I know Jeff fans are like, oh, my God, what happened now? Well, he had an interesting article on .com today about uh, Rex Hogan and his dismissal and what that may mean. We'll give Rich Samini some thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. 